Today we're broadcasting from Palo Alto, California, in the very heart of the Silicon Valley. Palo Alto has been the birthplace of some of the world's leading technology and life science companies, making Palo Alto the startup capital of the world. Hello and welcome. I'm Louis Lao, the founder of L2 Council, and welcome to my video blog series, Ask a Silicon Valley Lawyer. Today, we're going to do a special session for entrepreneurs on Venture Capital 101, a very basic overview of how a typical Delaware-based venture capital firm works. We're going to talk about traditional institutional venture capital, and at the end, we'll have a few words about corporate venture capital, increasingly a bigger and bigger part of the ecosystem. So entrepreneurs out there, I want you to have just a basic understanding of how venture capital firms work so that you know when you take a meeting that you're talking to a venture capital firm that still has the ability to make an investment and so that later on down the road you understand what are their economic incentives to get to exit. For ease of understanding, we're going to talk about a typical venture capital firm, which is usually formed in the state of Delaware. It usually has a limited partnership, uh, which the limited partners commit capital to. And in the case of $100 million fund, the general partner will, or partners, will con contribute 1% of the capital. We call that the GP commit. And then limited partners or investors, institutional investors, high net worth individuals, family offices, will contribute $99 million. Then there's going to be a 1.5% to 2.5% management fee that gets paid to the general partner uh, per year as soon as the capital commitment period begins. The management fee is paid out over the five years of the investment period. Typically, uh, a venture capital firm has a 10-year life, and its investment period is during the first five years so that it has the second five years to then harvest those investments and sell them. So how does a venture capital fund work? A typical venture capital fund has a lifespan by contract of 10 years, which is set forth in the Limited Partner Agreement, or LPA. That LPA, which you probably won't have access to as an entrepreneur, will typically have a five-year investment period. Uh, and during that five years of investment period, it receives that management fee. So if you have a 2% management fee on a $100 million fund, the general partner will receive $2 million per year times five, uh, five years of investment period, that's $10 million. So the general partner will have $10 million with which to go find $100 million of transactions with which to spend. However, uh, one nuance is that management fee comes out of the $100 million commitment. So in fact, for the general partners to invest the full $100 million, uh, they'll, they'll have to, in fact, uh, have $10 million of returns uh, that they would have to uh, generate in order to offset the management fee and invest the full $100 million. That's a detail. When you're talking to a venture capital fund, you want to make sure that that fund is still in its investment period. That is, that the last fund that it raised was within the last five years, and commercial, commercially available databases like PitchBook or Crunchbase will, will have this information. And it typically will also report how much dry powder the venture capital firm has left to spend on new investments. 
Um, another note is that when a, a, particularly an early stage or an earlier stage or a growth stage investor makes an investment, they typically reserve some capital for follow-on rounds. So you also want to make sure that the venture capital firm has enough dry powder after reserves that they've set aside for follow-on investments to take up the pro rata in a subsequent round of, of previously invested companies. So that's a little bit of the overview of how a venture capital fund works in its first five years of investment, the investment period. So how do venture capitalists make money? It's, believe it or not, not on that management fee, while, which while it may seem large uh, after you pay for your rent and your overhead and the salaries of your analysts and associates is actually probably lean. Um, so venture capitalists make money on what we call the carry. So once you've returned the full $100 million of capital that you've raised to your investors, then after that period, you're in the profit phase. And uh, typically, general partners will receive the first 20% of profit, and the limited partners will receive the remaining 80% of profit. During the lifespan of your company, your venture capital firm will need to raise a new fund, and it may need to harvest the investment it has made in your company. If the venture capitalist has raised another fund, they're still uh, getting management fees from the new fund and maybe still from the old fund, and everything's fine. However, if your venture capital firm has reached the end of its investment period and has failed to raise a new fund, it has become what we call a zombie fund, or a fund that doesn't invest, and it can't even think about raising another fund until it has returned the capital and made a profit to its initial investors. Typically, a venture capital firm will negotiate that all of its expenses to fly to attend your board meetings or to otherwise support the company are reimbursable by the company. And if your venture capitalist is staying at the Four Seasons in the presidential suite, those numbers can add up quick. Rather than you yourself having a chat with that venture capitalist, I would suggest you find your most frugal board member to talk to that venture capitalist and ask them to think about the expenses that they're putting through. Finally, it, we would be doing an injustice if we left the topic of Venture Capital 101 without talking about corporate venture capitalists. In the most recent NVCA study of capital, venture capital committed in the first half of 2020, 52% of syndicates had some form of corporate venture capital embedded within them. Corporate venture is here to stay, recession or no recession. The difference between corporate venture and institutional venture capital is that typically corporate venture capitalists are investing off the balance sheet of their parent company. So they don't have any 10-year investment period uh, or five-year investment period. They don't have any 10-year uh, fund life. And they're investing for strategic benefit as well as financial benefit. In other words, they're trying to help their corporations innovate from the inside. What makes a corporate venture capitalist tick then? Important question. Rather than pick on one of the spectacular corporate failures of the last 20 years where inevitably I would offend somebody, I'm going to pick on the New York taxi. Uh, I believe 20 years ago the value of a New York taxi medallion was somewhere in excess of a million dollars. Um, along comes Uber, Lyft, uh, Diddy, and, and many other ride-sharing companies, and I believe that the value of a New York taxi medallion uh, has uh, been fractionalized by a factor of 10 or more. So why am I talking about a New York taxi medallion? Well, every company that is out there in the Fortune 1000 could be that New York taxi medallion. And if they fail to anticipate the next evolution of technology, if they fail to see the disruptor coming in the rearview mirror, 
they could go the way of the New York taxi medallion. So they need to find companies like yours that will help them innovate from the inside, that could be a potential strategic target for an acquisition in the future, or that will help them uh, access and, and penetrate a customer, or that could be the source of supply. What makes a corporate venture capitalist tick? Um, as I mentioned, for the most part, they're not receiving carried interest like a traditional venture capitalist. So they're not uh, deploying management fees. They are usually employees of their corporate master um, who are salaried and bonused based on the number of deals that they invest in, the amount of capital that they deploy, and then the strategic and financial returns that are generated. Financial returns are easy to measure. Strategic returns, very hard to measure, except you know it when you see it. Some corporate venture capital programs are very well known to invest a specific check size for companies that exist in a certain ecosystem and they invest one time and they don't invest in follow-on rounds. Other corporate venture programs are known to have a very wide area of interest to write checks of five to ten million dollars and sometimes to even lead and price rounds. Some traditional venture capitalists have opinions about corporate venture and specifically corporate venture having a director in the boardroom and the commercial and competitive issues that can be raised. These are not insolvable problems. Uh, the corporate venture director can be asked to leave the room uh, when competitive discussions arise. Uh, the board presentation can be uh, managed so that there isn't commercially or competitively sensitive information that's put in that series of board materials and a special board pack can be made for non-corporate venture directors that have the commercially or, or com competitively sensitive data uh, that we don't want the corporate venture capitalist to see. As remember, the corporate venture capitalist could be a customer, could be a supplier, could be a potential acquirer. And so those are legitimate issues, but they're solvable. So that's an overview of institutional venture capital and corporate venture capital. A good lawyer, a good board, advisors, your investors, your network can all give you valuable information about how these venture capitalists work, what makes them tick, and how to anticipate their needs and have a great relationship. If you have any questions about venture capital, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm Louis Lo, the founder of L2 Council, and you can always find me on my website, l2council.com. Thanks for joining.